Hi, this is State Senator Jill P. Carter, and you are listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, the best source of news and notes on Maryland politics and policy. The Conduit Street Podcast, the official podcast of Maryland Association of Counties. Hello and welcome back to the Conduit Street Podcast. This is Michael Sanderson from the Maryland Association of Counties, your host once again for an episode through our walk through policy and politics across the lovely free state. Joining me today is our podcast producer, Chantel Malcolm Lim. Welcome, Chantel. Glad to have you on the air today. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to join. For our listeners, I do communications for MAKO. So if you ever see anything on our social media, the weekly roundup emails, the website, that's me. All that stuff. And your stuff is everywhere. And that's what we want. We want a lot of folks to be able to keep in touch with what's happening in Annapolis, through the General Assembly, in our counties, all the things happening across our membership. So thanks so much for your efforts on that. And glad to have you with us today. And We've got a special guest joining us today for the podcast conversation to talk about some tools that are out there to help county governments deliver smarter and sometimes more efficient services to their residents. And that's what it's all about. Kathy Muse is with us. She's with NACO Edge. That's the newly rebranded arm of the National Association of Counties, NACO. Kathy, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much, Michael and Chantel. I'm so glad to be here with you today. It's a real great opportunity for me to spread the word about NACO Edge and maybe give Maryland counties a little bit of an edge. Love it. Oh, oh, very yeah. nice to play on. Yes, that's, that's good stuff. We like that. Well, so for our listeners, the National Association of Counties is what you would imagine. They have a role that's analogous to what MAKO does here in Maryland on behalf of of the counties in their various forms all across the many states. And so um, we've got somewhere near around 3,000 counties across the United States. We've got parishes in Louisiana and boroughs in Alaska and some other quirky twists in the membership and so forth. But NACO serves all these local entities across the country. And as you would imagine, they do policy work and advocate on behalf of counties and their services, but also want to deliver value and services back to their members. And that's a big part of what NACO, NACO, NACO Edge is all about. So Exactly. Great. Okay, so I'll, I'll tee that up a little bit for you. But I, I will say um, one of the easiest things you can do to have on a guest speaker is have one some, someone from really, really far away. And that means, oh, the, the travel and difficulty, that means that person's a real expert, right? This is someone from Portugal or from San Diego or whatever, but NACO's just down, you know, just down the road from us here in Maryland and DC. The shop's not too far away. And and yeah. Kathy, you even have some Maryland roots, right? Oh, I have I am I have Maryland roots, deep Maryland roots. Although I was born in Washington, DC, I was raised and attended Montgomery County Public Schools. Uh, I grew up in Kensington, Maryland. I'm a graduate of the University of Maryland and both for undergraduate and my graduate degree. And I cut my teeth, if you will, on procurement, <laughs> working at the University of Maryland for 12 years. And then after that, I worked in a uh, at Charles County School Board in Southern Maryland for three years. So I love Maryland. Uh, it's uh, it's my home. <laughs> wow, definitely can see that. Yeah. So back in December, 
you came out to our conference in Cambridge and you talked about some of the tools that NAPO is working on to deliver to counties like ours here in Maryland. So our elected officials really appreciated hearing about that. But we thought the same kind of rundown would be good for our broader listeners, too. So once again, thank you for joining us. And first off, can you give us the overview of NACO EDGE and what your mission is? Absolutely, Chantel. It was a great opportunity to come to beautiful Cambridge. And I'm super happy to be able to get on the podcast today and talk more about NACO EDGE. NACO EDGE is NACO's business solutions unit focused on delivering value-added programs to U.S. counties. It was built 100% for county government and is advised by county leaders. For each of our programs, we have an advisory board made up of county officials and subject matter experts that help us to hone these programs, um, also determine which programs to offer, and then to help us manage them and ensure that they continue to offer the best value to counties. So all of these programs are in three verticals, people, purchasing, and performance. The people vertical includes our partnership with Nationwide Retirement, which provides uh, retirement solutions to county staff all over the country. They currently have over $30 billion under their advisement. Um, Also in that portfolio is Public Promise Insurance, which is an insurance platform offered owned and operated by NACO, offered to county staff um, through payroll deduction. And it's for things like travel insurance, um, uh, cancer insurance, pet insurance, all kinds of insurance that staff can elect to, to have over and above the insurance that's offered to them by their county. These benefits can help to attract and retain staff who are looking for things over and above the salary structures. Right. And I mean, in this in this hiring market, I think that has been a persistent challenge for public employers. I mean, for I think for all employers, but public employers are routinely coming to our conferences and events and talking about the challenges of recruiting and retaining employees. It, it feels like a generation ago, you used to say, well, there's stability in public employment. You get yourself a nice pension. You know, you get these various benefits and so forth. But some folks are looking for things that are you require a little lateral thinking. I think NACO has been good uh, through the EDGE program of trying to identify these kind of fits um, because it's driven by public, you know, public leaders about what would be good in our portfolio to help bring us the best and brightest. I think it's a great angle. Thank you, Michael. That's exactly right. It's definitely been top of mind for um, public leaders. And because of that, it, it became a priority for NACO EDGE. So once you get employees in place, then you, you also want to be able to develop them into great leaders and, and great county staff. So um, the county has a program called the Professional Leadership Academy. And this is a great program um, also through one of our vetted partners. And um, we're super happy to be able to offer that. In addition, we have the Mental Health First Aid Program offered through a nonprofit, the National Council for Mental Well-Being. This program is um, aimed at county staff um, so that to help them recognize and have conversations with their coworkers about delicate subjects having to do with substance use and um, mental health issues. It's a wonderful program. Uh, I, I'm a pretty good cheerleader for the program, having been through it myself. 
I think it's another it's another area that if if um, we're increasingly aware that these kind of these kind of offerings going a little beyond just the the old fashioned employee assistance program, I think that's a useful offering as well. But going deeper on these sort of offerings, it's just responding to the needs of our employees, and you want to do that as as a responsible employer. So i I like that I like that brand as well very much. I totally it, agree. <laughs> that that's exactly right. It's building a culture of care within your public organization. Yeah. So we move on to financial performance, and mm-hmm. that's our performance vertical. We have two strong um, uh, partners in this area. We have three plus one, which is a cash management um, and investment strategy and analysis program. Um, the stories about this program are compelling. I'll just give a quick uh, story about a county in um, Suffolk County, I believe, in New York, um, was getting back around $350,000 in interest revenue from their pooled cash investment. And um, after 3 Plus 1 came in and did some analysis for them, made some recommendations, they um, readjusted their pooled cash. They were able to do some different investments for different periods of time and increased their um, uh, revenue to a million dollars a month. <laughs> so from $350,000 annually to $12 million annually, simply by changing their investment strategies, perhaps renegotiating some bank fees, but all informed by 3 plus 1. It's a terrific program, and it will definitely give your counties the edge. I, I, I will say cash management sounds like a snoozer for anybody except the most nerdy of podcast hosts, and that would be me. Um, but twelve million dollars a year in savings can get right past nerdy and into that's enough. That's enough to help us accomplish real goals in our community, right? That's so, a difference maker. That's real money. Yeah. And and we had the leadership from Three Plus One on the podcast. I would say around a year ago. That might mm-hmm. be an episode that we'll recycle. Um, I believe we're about to get our first Maryland client for them as well. So I'm hoping to have that formal announcement soon, but let's cross our fingers. That's super exciting. Well, I wanted to ask you something. I know your background is in procurement and that's a big, big part of what we're excited about. Right, Michael? Oh yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the newest offering, which is, which would be a way to help counties be more efficient in their purchasing. Well, thank you again. So yes, I a little bit about me. My background is um, as a I retired as the chief procurement officer from Fairfax County in Virginia, so right across the river. And honestly, when I went to work over there twenty five years ago, I thought just that. Oh my goodness, I'm going across the river. But it was a fabulous place to work, and a and a I got me uh, involved with NACO and with county government. So public promise procurement is the newest venture of the NACO Edge. It's a a procurement cooperative providing public sector and um, other entities, nonprofits, with vetted transparent option for purchasing um, goods and services efficiently and cost effectively. We utilize a lead public agency model, so uh, a public, a county government 
um, would solicit a, a requirement for themselves and on behalf of uh, 90,000 public agencies across the country. Um, we're laser focused on county requirements, uh, but we do open these contracts up to all taxpayer funded entities and nonprofits. So right okay. now, go ahead, Chantel. Oh, no, I was just saying, okay, that sounds great. It's awesome. Our first contract was solicited in collaboration with Maricopa County, Arizona. So Maricopa follows its own processes and uh, NACO EDGE um, adds on to that their, the national uh, requirements and also we conduct the national advertising of the Maricopa County solicitation. So that solicitation goes out to the world, we get the responses in and we utilize the experts within Maricopa County as well as representatives from other public jurisdictions. In this case, we had folks from Bergen County, New Jersey and San Diego County, California serve on the evaluation team to evaluate the proposals that came in in response. So they were evaluated. Uh, Maricopa County awarded a contract to Kone for their own requirements and for um, elevator, escalator, walkway, and lift maintenance, construction, renovation, and modernization in all 50 states. So we're very excited about this contract. It's taken off around the country. There are jurisdictions in New York, California, Arizona, Texas, all looking at or using this contract currently. I think I get, I think I get this model because I'm familiar. I know, you know NACO had a partnership that we were part of in, in some past years, but it, it, it sounds to me like if you're in the public procurement business and you know, you've 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 got you've made a career in this area, but if you do this for for Garrett County, Maryland, or or for Worcester County, Maryland, you need to have a process for properly vetting your bidders. You don't you don't just hire someone to paint the house the way that I might for my personal house. As as a steward of public funds, you have to have a whole pro public process. But this program, because you have a lead agency who's also a public entity, they've already run all those traps. They've asked all those right questions because they know this is going to be on behalf of public entities across the country. So the bidders know that. The, the lead agency knows that. Everybody recognizes this is going to be a global contract. So you run all the traps. You check all the boxes. You do a lot of vetting up front. But that means if you want to ride on that national contract, it's a much easier process because you know it's already been done the right way. That's exactly right. Almost every public jurisdiction in the country bases their procurement processes on the model procurement code. So what we do has nuances in each jurisdiction, but we pretty much do things the same way. So as long as we follow a, a public jurisdiction's uh, process to the letter, um, then we then we are probably legal in 99.9% of the jurisdictions that would utilize the contract. And riding or bridging or piggybacking contracts has become quite commonplace. As a matter of fact, when I started doing procurement in Maryland and when I worked at the University of Maryland, we were involved in the Washington Metro Metropolitan Council of Governments. I represented the university at the Chief Procurement Officers Committee, and we had a purchasing co-op. So it was, at that time, even in 
an interstate because it was Virginia, Maryland, and the District of Columbia all working together on cooperative contracts 40 years ago. So this is not a new concept right. for your Maryland jurisdictions. Right. Now, I think, I think we have um, a number of our jurisdictions benefit by being in regional co-ops. Um, we have a pretty good-sized one around the Baltimore region, and you, you mentioned the Washington metro area has, has a multi-jurisdictional co-op. We have a number of our school systems with some of the counties on the eastern shore of Maryland. So there's some of this happen happening regionally in a formal way. What I do like here, though, is these big contracts. Like, we, we may not have the leverage among the eastern shore jurisdictions to leverage a good deal on something like the Coney contract for lifts and elevators and escalators, right? But the national contract with a big hitter is where you probably get maximum market power by the potential for there being scores of different entities riding on that contract. So I like the idea of getting the best deal for everybody by saying, this is going to be the big one. Give us your best offer. Absolutely. We we wanted to create another tool in the toolbox. So there are definitely those things that work better regionally. And there are definitely those things where we can really garner the purchasing power of the whole nation behind them. So we encourage all the Maryland jurisdictions to take a look at the Kone contract. Kone will come and do an analysis for them, whether they can save them money. Um, and if they can, it's great. And if they can't, they'll walk away. Right. I guess, um, so the Coney contract is the beginning, and we hope this is the beginning of a big thing, that it, over time, Edge Edge is going to, you know, the, 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 the public promise procurement program, we want this to build out into having, you know, a dozen and a half vendors over time in lots of different fields, guided by local leaders on where, where do we have needs, where can we make gains. That's exactly right. And um, later this month, we'll be launching uh, government recruiting and staffing solutions solicitation in collaboration with San Diego County. Tomorrow, we're launching public safety and community resilience solutions in collaboration with Cobb County, Georgia. And uh, later this month, we're also hopefully launching a medical TPA uh, contract for um, that's for large self-insured counties, third party administrator uh, contract with um, Miami-Dade County. So we're very excited. We do hope to have built out to have eight or 10 contracts by the end of the year. Holy smokes. We are, I didn't realize how fortunate we were to get a half an hour of your time today. It sounds know, like right? you're working overtime bringing all these new contracts on board, but that's that's what our members county want. Our yep. member counties want from, from our leaders at NACO. So that, that's terrific. Yep. Um, Anything else that you'd like to talk about um, while we got you on the line? We have our, our teeming millions of listeners awaiting your every word. Well, I would just like to say thank you so much for this opportunity. And I didn't do justice to all of our NACO Edge programs. So I encourage everyone to visit the NACO Edge website um, and also the Public Promise Procurement website where you can learn more. And I would make myself available to your listeners. If they have any questions, please have them reach out to me. Well, we're happy to do that. We will put information, links to the programs and links to some of the specific things that you mentioned into our show notes. And we'll always get some traffic as, as, as a way of doing that. Um, so I guess we're about ready to close out. Uh, Chantel, I know, <laughs> I know you're a fan of, you know, we've kind of had a little undercurrent on this podcast of occasionally 
dropping a dad joke here. Yep. Yeah. So do you either want to hear or want to tell a dad joke or do you want you want to force us into that corner? I mean, I might have one ready to go. Force? I almost always do. I'm, I'm actually bad. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I think we should leave it up to the daddest of dads at Mako. <laughs> Lead us, lead us with a joke, Michael. <laughs> oh, so, hey, you two. Um, I think I bought the world's worst thesaurus yesterday. Okay. I mean, it's terrible. Not only is it terrible, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, wow. First of all, first of all, I just want to say <laughs> shout out to the listeners out there who know what a thesaurus is, right? <laughs> all right. That is kind of a dated term, right? <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> You don't think people are hanging out at thesaurus.com? Is that not a thing? No, Michael. We Google. <laughs> what? Okay, well, well, I mean, part of part of the charm of dad jokes is that dads yeah. are slightly out of touch, right? So yeah. <laughs> I think I'm kind of owning the brand there. That wasn't oh, that yeah. was yes, it was on purpose. That's what I mean to say. Yeah. That's not yeah. that's not be, me being a, a foggy headed dad. That's that's just, you know, that was part a of part the part of joke, the right? joke, yeah. of course. The Look feature, out. not a part. Change your name on Twitter. It's no longer Michael Sanderson. (laughs) All right. Thanks again so much, Kathy, for joining us. We will leave that there for this episode. As always, if you enjoy the Conduit Street podcast, make sure you follow us on social media. You can follow on Twitter, on Facebook, and of course, on the Conduit Street blog. And you you can subscribe to the, the podcast. And that way, every episode will be sent right to the device of your choice. But for Chantel, for Kathy, and for Mako, we are happy to have you join us again. We will talk to you soon.